Yes, we are in Sefer Malachim Beis, Perek Hey, Pasuk Chav, Vayomer Gechazi Nar Elisha Ishvelokim. And we saw yesterday, we ended on a complete note of triumph. Nama, the legendary general of Aram, has been cured of his saras by Elisha, but it has also transformed him as a person. He accepts the Kaddish Baruch who is the one true God. He becomes a uh, Ger Toshev. Elisha refuses adamantly to accept any gifts from him and the lavish gifts he's brought. And Naaman now goes back to Aram, a cured man, and a changed man. And now we're going to see the appearance of Gehazi. Gehazi is Elisha's nar, his servant, his uh, attendant. And up till now, Gehazi has sort of been a troublesome, incompetent, inefficient, uh, like just a petty, uh, chiseling, penny-ante, corrupt guy. Nothing major. Now we're going to see emerging is the very diabolical, evil side of Gehazi to the extent that the Gemara says he's one of only two other Jews in history who have no chance of Olam Haba. There is Achitotel. He betrayed David in the Absalom revolution going over to Absalom. Doe was the one that betrayed the Kohanim of Nob that led to their massacre by Shaul. And there is um, Gehazi. So how did Gehazi merit to get in this rather exclusive group where there is just no tshuva for him, no hope, no chelik, and no umhaba? So we pick it up on Pasuchav. So Gehazi sees how Elisha absolutely refuses to accept any gifts from Nama. So Vayomer Gehazi Nar Elisha Yishalukim, he says, Hinei chashach Adoni es Naaman harami hazeh, mikachas niyado es asher hevi. He says, Elisha's making a mistake. He's letting chashach, he's letting Naaman off the hook without paying anything. Uh, and that it's, it's silly. Uh, so I will now, Chai uh, Hashem, I take an oath, ki imratzi I am going to pursue Naaman, v'lakachti mi'itom u'ma. I'm going to get something from him. Remember, by the way, part of the Kiddush Hashem of that miracle that so influenced Naaman is Elisha's absolutely refusal. So now he's going to undo it by going after him. Uh, the word Rajrashi points Ma'uma can be spelt without an olive leaving Muma, which is the word Mum, a blemish. And this shows the deep defect, the deep blemish in Gehazi's soul. By Yirdo Gehazi Acharei Naaman, he races after Naaman. By Yiru Naaman Ratzacharov, and Naaman sees him in his rearview mirror racing after him. By Yipolme Al Hamerkava, he gets out of his chariot, Naaman, which is, we've seen as a real mark of respect. 
So we see that Naman has morphed from this arrogant, narcissistic general to where he will dismount out of respect just to Elisha's servant. So he gets off the cross. So, he says, is everything okay? He says, everything is just fine. Adoni Shalachani Lemor, my Lord Elisha sent me with a something that's come up. Um, and that is, boy he's speaking in Elisha's name. All of a sudden, two young men who were students, that are disciples, showed up from Ephraim. They have nothing, they're starving. Give them a talents of silver and two changes of clothes. Remember, Naaman brought much more than that. So Gehazi is asking for a, a fraction of that. By Yomer Naaman, Ho'il, Kachikarim, says Naaman, no, take more. You can take two talents. By Yifros, Bohi, Gehazi makes it look like, oh no, but Naaman forces on him. By Yotza, Kichrim, Kesef, Bishnei, Charitim, Ushnei, Charafos, Begodim, he gives him the two talents of silver, the two changes of clothes. By Yitain, Oshnei, Narav, and he gives, he sends with Gehazi, two servants to help him carry it by Yisrael So now the question is, it wasn't that much in terms of weight. Why does he need to send two guys just to carry it with him? Says the Malbim that he is the most suspicious of all of Gehazi. Um, in that he sends them because he doesn't trust Gehazi to even deliver it. So he wants to make sure that Gehazi does the delivery. Moreover, he may have even made Gehazi swear to take an oath that this is really a true story. He has the instinct that something is wrong here. That's a, you know, an adjuration. Take a shmua, kafi karim, etc., and take it with you and he gives him two attendants to go with him. By Yavo El Ophel, he reaches a, a fortified building outside of where Elisha is, and he, he, he says, this is far enough, I'll, I'll take it from here. By Yifkot Barbayas, he comes to the house. By Yishlach Hashim, by Yelcho, he dismisses these two um, servants of Naaman who accompany him. He now stands before Elisha. Elisha. Where, where have you been? Gehazi says, what are you? He's lying. He says, I've, I've been here all the time. Do you think, Elisha says, I have lost all my prophetic spirit, the Ruach HaKadosha, that I don't know where you are, that my heart didn't go with you when you, this man dismounted from his chariot to greet you. Is it you, so that you've taken um, 
money, silver, and clothes, and olives, and uh, wine, and cattle, and sheep, and uh, men servants and women servants. Well, did he take all this? He says, you don't think I know about it? What Medrash is saying, Yagadot tells us that at that time, Elisha was learning with Gehazi the Shmone Shratzim, the parak of eight Shratzim are reptiles or animals that convey tumma automatically. And he's saying to him, did you already get the scar for learning so fast? And if you count them, there are eight commodities there that he is alluding to. So have you learned so much? Now he pronounces a terrible curse on Gehazi. The Tzaras Naman and the leprosy that Naman had, Tzidbok Becha shall cling to you, Ubezarecha, your progeny, La'olam, eternally. And he leaves Elisha, he is already from the curse as white as the most severe case of leprosy. So we need here the Gemara to sort of, uh, not making a pun, flesh things out as it were, as to what's going on here. So for one, there is criticism of Elisha, believe it or not that Elisha might have been too rough on him. So quoting from Sanhedrin, Kuf Zion Amr Beis, let me read you the following. Tana Rabbanu, la'olam tehei smol dochin v'yemin mikrava. If you are going to rebuke somebody, or criticize somebody, do it with your left hand, push away with your left, but with the right should be drawing close. In other words, you don't reject, even when you're rebuking, the possibility of reconciliation, of tshuva. Lok Elisha, says the Gemara specifically, unlike Elisha, who pushed Gechazi B'Shteyadayim with both hands. So, it turns out, says Tom Hedgen in Agadita, that Elisha himself realizes that he made this mistake. He was too strict. He was too severe. There was no window of opportunity for tshuva. And there's a pasuk that says, "Vayelech Damesek." Elisha goes to Damesek, seemingly on an errand uh, with Aram, but he has another mission. What is it? Lehecha Azul. Where is Elisha going? Omar Rav Yochanan Shehalach Lahachsir Gechazi B'Tshuva. He went to Damascus to bring Gechazi back in Shuba. Below Chaza, Gechazi would not repent. Omar Lo, Elisha says to Gechazi, Chazar B'chach, repent, it's open to you, Shuba. Omar Lo, he says, Lo Kach Mekublani Mimcha, how can I repent? Did I not get a Masorah from you, my rub? Hachote umachti es harabim ein mafsikin The one who sins and causes others to sin, like Yerubam ben Nabat did, there is no path to tshuva. There's no return to tshuva. This is a feeble, lazy excuse showing that Gehazi had no interest in doing tshuva. He's using Elisha's words, turning it back on him as if, Rebbe, you were the one that said there's no tshuva, and therefore he has an out. 
He's not doing tshuva. So now the more questions, what exactly does he do that's machti harabim? Some say, the Omar sho'evet halachatas yerabam vehemidabo shomim la'aretz. He took those two golden calves, he took one of them, that Yerobam had put there, the block B'nai Israel from going to Yerushalayim, and he put, says the Medrash, two metal plates on their sides, and then suspended the golden calf with a magnet, as if he had supernatural powers, uh, Gechazi. He was able to lift this giant calf. Other, excuse me, others say, He carved in the mouth of one of those golden calves, the name of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Shem HaMavurosh. And so the animal started as a word in his voice, kept repeating, uh, the first commandment, like it's magic. He's saying the first commandment in his name that there shall be no other gods before me. Um, and some say, very interesting, we're going to have this in the next parak. There is a post, the first parak, in parak, Bob. It's bursting into scenes, the yeshiva, the base medrash of Elisha, and they need a new place. It's just too small, especially after the miracle of Naaman. Elisha is now famous. People are flocking to learn with him, and there is no room. Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the reason there is no room is that Gechazi, <coughs> they get me called, that up till now they have been, but Gechazi kept Talmudim out. He just kept them out from the base on Medrash. So we see the terrible, terrible sins that Gechazi did, and then Elisha again is not free from punishment. Uh, in fact, says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanon, Shloshachaloim Hayor Elisha. Elisha contracted illness three times. Echad Shegira Dubim Betinokos. You remember the incident where Elisha is leaving and these youths, these Narim, come taunting him, get out of here, Baldwin, and 42 bears miraculously come out of the forest and tear apart these 42 boys, and some say that was a little excessive. And so he got sick uh, because of the dubin, bringing those bears to the children, one was a that he pushed away Gehazi with two hands, not leaving him the opportunity for reconciliation. And third was his natural death when it came time to die. So it showed that there had been two illnesses before. Also, we're going to see in the very famous Haftorah, later on in Sanchever, Sanchever is planning, Melech Ashur, of Assyria is planning to destroy the temple. There were three lepers outside of the gates of Yushalayim. They are exiled outside of the gates, and they overhear the plot and report it to the king of Israel, uh, actually king of Yehuda. 
And so they saved, for the time being, the uh, temple and Yehuda. Who are those three? Says the Medrash, they are Gehazi and his two sons. Why are his two sons included in this terrible punishment that Elisha gives? Because they were assisting him. They were not so uninvolved. So we see the very tortured story of, of Gehazi and how badly it ends up that he was the, the incarnation of evil, as we say, one of only two other Jews who were denied a place in Olam Haba. As an interesting, totally divorced from this secular topic, in 1916 in England, there was a terrible scandal of corruption uh, at the highest level on government contracts, on influence peddling, and the great British poet, Rudyard Kipling, wrote a poem denouncing the individuals that was very controversial, even accused of anti-Semitic inferences, and the poem is called Gehazi, and it likens this amazing story to the corruption in England, as we see over 2,000 years later. So we see what an influence it has had uh, on all history, as a matter of fact, and if you get a chance, maybe take a look at it just for a historical background. And so we see Gehazi comes to this terrible end, and now it is time for the yeshiva, the base medrash, the, of Elisha, to now seek expansion, great expansion, because it has outgrown Elisha's fame and his ability as a rebbe has outgrown his space available to him when we resume in Mirza 8.45, Adkan.